When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is Women in Leadership Podcast, featuring success insights from women around the globe. Now, over to your host, Anne-Marie Cross. Hi, it's Anne-Marie and welcome back to another show. Now, one of the podcasts that I host and produce is for one of our podcast network's alliance partners, Business Women Australia. Now, BWA is an Australian collective of women who are passionate about business success and about personal growth. And, you know, many of the conversations that I've had with the women who are featured on Business Women Australia podcast, well, these conversations are just so rich with insights I know have impacted the lives of our audience and I thought it would be great to feature some of our conversations that I've had over on Business Women Australia podcast with you right here on Women in Leadership podcast and that's exactly what today's show is. It's a wonderful conversation I had with Kathy McKenzie about the beauty of letting go, how it's impacted her life, how it's impacted my life. I share a, a number of things about my life and how that relates uh, to the beauty of letting go and I know can certainly impact yours as well. So I hope you enjoy the show. Now, my guest today says relinquish with love. It is the only way to transmute suffering. Joining me on today's show is Kathy McKenzie. Kathy, she is a master certified coach with International Coaching Federation. She's also the founder and director of Fire Up Coaching. Now, her lifelong love of learning serves her community or to continually explore ways in which she can keep uh, learning, which serves her to continually explore ways which she can keep learning and expanding her worldview and connecting with clients in a much, much deeper and more meaningful way. And of course, that contributes to the community, which you'll be sharing today. And she shares her joy of travel and living by the beach with her husband, John. And she's currently writing a book called Relinquish with Love, which explores how to let go of things in life that holds us Back. Now, on today's show, Kathy's going to share ways that we can expand our thinking to enrich our relationships. She's also going to talk about the importance of recognizing the impermanence of struggle to overcome past trauma, as well as how reframing, refocusing, redirecting consciously can create change in the areas that we desire in our life and in our business. Welcome to the show, Kathy. Oh, thanks, Emma. It's great to be back talking with you. This is a topic that I know before we even went live that, you know, you, you've been coaching and supporting clients around and it's something that I think many of us ha have kind of experienced or know someone that has experienced some um, event that if we don't deal with, if we don't uh, reframe, uh, if we don't look at a different way, can certainly become a barrier and a block. And it can also inhibit our relationships. So it's a, a certainly a deep topic that we're talking about today, but one I think 
couldn't think of anyone better uh, to come on the show and talk about, but it is so, so needed. So let us dive in. When we're thinking about relationships, you're talking about relationships in family, in our community, in our business. It's relationships across the board, isn't it? It is. And what stimulated me to think about this topic for this conversation today, Emery, was that I have been doing publicity for my business and we had engaged a PR agent. And each week we were sort of thinking of angles for the business. And then coming up to Mother's Day, I said, oh, look, I've got a different angle. It's quite personal, but it's a very important part of my journey. Um, you know, and the um, PR girl said, oh, well, just give me a bit of background. And I said, well, look, you know, I'll be really honest. It's something I haven't shared with a lot of people, um, but it is a, a big part of my life still that when I was 20, I actually was one of the first people to go through the process of open adoption. So I was um, only nine, uh, you know, I was 20 when I got pregnant and, you know, I had a steady relationship, so I was in love, but there was a whole lot of, you know, and it seems so crazy now, but in 1986, there was not the same attitude towards being a single mother that there is now. And I had broken up with my boyfriend, then found out I was pregnant. And then this whole process started that I just, I, I can't even remember aspects of it now, but it was certainly my journey into looking at later on down the track when I kind of realised the consequences for my decisions and how that impacts on relationships, my own personal relationships, so how I actually made choices after that. And I had an interview an interview with a, a, a journal, journalist from The Guardian and I'm thinking, oh, yes, this will just be some story in the back, you know, the back of an internet website somewhere. And anyway, on, on the Saturday before Mother's Day this year, um, the my, my I started getting texts at like 6, 6.30 in the morning saying, oh, my God, that was so brave of you to tell your story, Cathy. Oh, my God, that was so courageous. And I said to my husband, I said, oh, I think that story might have been published somewhere in a paper. Sure enough, I didn't even think that The Guardian gets syndicated to the Herald Sun in Melbourne and it was in the Saturday Extra as a full-page article with me beaming out of the pages. And, and my book is called Relinquish with Love, which is about adoption was called relinquishment at that point in time. And so it's been my journey to actually deal with all of the comings and goings over 36 years and how to let go of things with love. But interestingly, because of that um, article, it thrusted into the paper. And, of course, lots of my family um, have got grown-up children who have had little conversations about what Aunty Cathy did when she was younger, but they haven't really had conversations. And it's been a really good example for me of how, you know, we put things in our past and think that that's where they should stay. Yeah. And yet I've dealt with my, you know, I've done a lot of learning to deal with my own personal um thoughts and beliefs and feelings over the years I just hadn't thought about the impact it would have on all those around me and even girlfriends that I was nursing when that all happened and a number of my girlfriends were really upset about you know the fact that I was still thinking about it and yet of course I would still be thinking about it it's not like my daughter's a happy healthy beautiful person with four children of her own um so it's 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 that's where this whole relinquish with love comes because it's about all of the 
journey that you go through yourself to love yes. yourself in the face of things that other people perhaps want you to feel ashamed of or not to talk about or, oh, wow, we're not comfortable with that, so can you just shut it down? That's kind of, you know, what happened. So that was why I was like, okay, let's let's not just keep burying this topic. Let's talk about it honestly. Yeah, I love that uh, because, you know, somewhere there are groups of people who may not have the courage or the boldness to speak out. And so by you doing that, they can really get a sense that, you know, you're almost sharing their own story and hearing how you've helped with it, healed from it, how you're dealing with it and how you've moved through that now is often what can be that hope and inspiration and possibility, isn't it, that if they're still struggling with something, that, hey, if it's possible for Kathy to move through that, it's possible for me to move that through through that too. And by not sharing that, I think, unfortunately, leaves, yeah, can leave so much undone and unspoken and unsaid. I'm all for the, for uh, let's talk about some of those difficult topics uh, or, or harder topics because if we don't deal with them, people are going to remain stuck. And I know that you are a coach, you did a master coach, and this is what you help others to do as well, which is about let's talk about some of these things so that we can heal with, you know, deal with them and heal from them. Them, and that doesn't become a stronghold or, a, you know, a, a block. So what are some ways that we can start thinking, Kathy, about um, our relationships and ways to expand our thinking so that we can enrich our relationships? I think one of the things that's been really important for me is to have the conversations you need to have. And, and when I'm coaching people and I've had uh, a really in-depth conversation with someone this morning around not feeling too embarrassed or ashamed of what's going on for you to actually open up the conversations. And for, for many people, they just put the conversations off or they park them yeah. um, because, they're, because they're ashamed of what's, you know, what's gone on or the past. And I think the, the capacity to open up and have authentic conversations is, is really important. And to recognise, you know, it's one of the things... And this is probably, um, you know, it's probably only in the last few years since I did my, I, I, you have to do a, a whole session of 10 hours of master mentor coaching to get your master coaching. And the thing that really struck me while I was having my mentor coaching and having someone listen to how I was asking questions to others was that my mentor said to me at one, at one time, you can only coach to the level that you've evolved yourself. Wow. And that really struck me as if, if I'm expecting people to really look at themselves and who they are authentically, then I have to be able to be honest about that part of my journey myself. And, you know, I'm proud of the fact that there's a beautiful girl who's got four children and a happy, loving relationship and she's, you know, and... Because I was very specific about I wanted her to have, like I chose the parent, so I wanted her to have an older brother. You know, this is how crazy I was at 20. I was thinking, well, she's got to have, you know, someone's friends around. And brother. Yeah. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Or, well, you know, the whole, so I'm, I'm not sure really, I can't really think what I was thinking. But anyway, but, you know, the reality is that, you know, I am proud of the the positive aspects of that story. And I think that's what's really important for us is to reframe the way that we're judging ourselves and that allows us to re refocus and, and redirect. So um, 
when we tell ourselves, oh, sorry, when we tell ourselves a different story, yes, um, that allows us to focus on what we want in life rather than what we don't want. Um, and I think that's that's what's such a critical part of um, dealing with your own um, issues so that you can actually then not be projecting that. And I think people don't actually recognise how much they're projecting into a coaching session that they haven't dealt with themselves. So profound, that comment. And it almost reminds, well, it does. It reminds me of something that when I hired a coach to help me get over a very traumatic experience that when uh, you know a failure um someone and, and a few months into that relationship someone one of my colleagues heard me talk about some of the things we'd been talking about and some of the, the 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 new ways that I was thinking and and the future and so forth she said wow if I think back to what you were you know a couple of months ago you're quite different and she said I'd love for you to share your story if you will so I said I'm happy to do that and so when I told my coach she said fantastic she said but just hold off for a moment she said because you've still got a little bit of journey to go and then you can share your story and it's almost it is you know often when you share a story and it still has that raw and it can be raw that that's fine but there's that real that that journey is still a few steps ahead you don't want to be crumbling down if you're sharing your story because it hits some emotional no. times, is it? on stage yeah. or on a podcast or live streaming so totally. exactly and, and and I can talk about it now really um, from a space of, of just complete acceptance of, you know, all the decisions in life that we make have consequences. And, you know, when you refer, when we refer to that permanence or impermanence of things, it's, it's recognising that if you attach a fixed belief to something, as if that's going to be the way it is all through time, that doesn't serve you. And I think it's that whole thing around paying attention to how you're managing yourself emotionally and noticing, you know, am I being skillful or unskillful in this moment with how I'm managing myself? And if it's being unskillful, then you need to go back because you're absolutely right. The first time I shared my story on stage was probably oh, nearly 20, 20 years ago, I'd say. Yes. And and I I actually was so raw that I completely lost the thread and I just was almost incoherent. <laughs> and, and and that's why I probably went back into my box for another 10 years yeah. because I recognised that I still, you know, when we talk about relinquish with love, there's, there's guilt, there's shame, there's, um, you know, there's sadness, there's, there's so many emotions that, you need to work through to actually get to that space of honouring that here and now is here and now. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's interesting because I know that we've spoken about this, um, you know, offline and when you shared your story, I also shared my story that I am adopted. And, and so, you know, and I'm happily, uh, I'm open to speaking about it because I have, ha you know, healed from that and dealt with it because even mm -hmm. though I was adopted into an incredibly loving family, you know, mum, dad, you know, brothers, sister-in-laws and so forth, there was always this d deep down, um, particularly when I was younger, this feeling of a Abandonment. It's just something that would happen. Even if, you know, a young child, I spent three months in um, in a nunnery of all places and uh -huh. had, had I not been adopted, I would have been sent to an orphanage. So 
Uh, and as a Christian, I know everything is is in the Lord's hand and it was planted. But, you know, for years, even growing up in a Christian loving family, that sense of abandonment and not being good enough, you know. And so for me, I dove into um, becoming very um, well ambitious, if you will, and certificates yeah. and certifications and stuff to validate myself as, hey, I am worthy of, of that. But isn't it interesting that we will often um, seek alternative things um, to, to kind of, you know, deal with that? When, whereas really we need to get comfortable in who we are and recognise the situation. My mother at that time, my biological mother, did the best thing. She gave me life, you know, mm. so another mother could then help me live it. And yes. so two mothers, I mean, double, yes. you know. Yes, and so yes. When you look at it, no, I wasn't abandoned. Yes. Actually, you as 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 a biological mother, you took time to nurture that life inside of you, gave birth yes. to that life, and another wonderful family was able to nurture it. What a story that can be shared mm-hmm. around yeah. and, you know, beautiful. And you know, it's interesting, Emery. I think you know people such as yourself. I I I keep meeting people who are adopted. You know, so much, so many times in in my classes. Um, we'll start talking about things and this is when I, I would say nothing because people would start talking about being adopted and I'd be like, you know, because it had almost, but, you know, it, it is, um, as you, you know, as you have said, to reframe that from abandonment to the, the gift of life and, you know, it was so important for me to visit Anisha while she was in foster care because I was just so worried. I, I'd done, you know, in as part of my nursing in psychology, I knew all about um, attachment theory and all sorts of things and I was so scared of her not having that sense of being loved from the minute she was born and she was loved and 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 Bunny the the foster mother loved her as well and you know as soon as it hit the six mark six week mark you know she was with that family who have loved her ever since and you know all of that there's so much love in her life so it's not about that but I but I you know likewise I keep having people who are reflecting back to me what her experience might be and what her feelings might be. Um, and, and it's complex. It's it's different for everybody. Yeah. We're complex beings, aren't we? But the beautiful thing is there's always a way through, isn't there? There's always healing. There's always that, uh, as you said, that it, it's not permanent. There's an impermanence of that struggle. And coaching is one of the ways that we can certainly get, get through that. Let's talk about recognizing the importance of recognize the impermanence of struggle to be able to overcome past traumas because a lot of times we think well that happened it was a traumatic event and there's nothing I can do with it I just have to live with it but that's not true is it It, it's it's about actually um, starting to really work through what you the meaning that you've attached to that event and um, I, I think it was incredibly valuable for me when I first went to Africa as a volunteer. And if you want to see a lot of suffering in 2004, that was what I experienced. But I remember then I actually also had the opportunity to meet Kulbus Neithling, who developed a brain dominance tool. And I remember Kulbus talking about a woman who had been in one of his trainings and her fiancé had run off with her best friend the week before she was due to get married. And 10 years down the track, she was sitting in his um, workshop and at morning tea she came up to him and she said to him, 
Thank you, Cobus. I've just realised that I allowed a moment in life to become my life. And I think that's it. It's around she had created an identity around being unlovable, um, around being abandoned and allowed that to become. And and she said, you know, she recognised in herself when she was meeting new people who knew nothing about this, that she was recreating this story of who she was. And if we look at some of the work by Robert Diltz around logical levels, so we talk about environment, behaviours, capabilities, values and identity. And if something which we do, if something that's been done, a behaviour, and it can be very traumatic, however, if we can look at our capability to work through that energy and recognise that the capacity for suffering and the capacity for change are equal, that that moment in time is back in time and you can't actually change that. What you can change is the way that you look at your values and your identity, who you are, and transmute that behaviour or that what was done to recognise who you can be going forward. And we, and we see this often in, in brave brave women, you know, um, Brittany Higgins and, um, you know, so Grace Tame, like they're incredible examples of the capacity for suffering and the capacity for change are equal. Like what, what happened to them was terrible. Horrendous, and, yeah. And... And, and I'm sure that, you know, there's, I, I often look at, you know, the, the work that I hope is, is being done with them to help them to continue to re, reframe that, that identity around, okay, so that was something that's been an identity at time, but that they actually can continue to grow and be something more as well as they go forward in time and to find their strength and their power and who they can be, like they're both um, incredibly courageous in terms of what they've done and it's important for them as they go forward to continue thinking about what's really important and why did I go through all of that and who am I going to be in the future? And when I'm coaching people, I really ask them around their values, you know, in in relationships, if, if your relationship is not a healthy one and it's um, reinforcing um, a sense of um, I'm not good enough, I'm not um, loving, you know, I'm not lovable, all those sorts of things, well, we, you know, you need to work on either finding what's going on in yourself and whether you can actually transform that relationship you're in or whether you need to leave that relationship and find one that's healthy for you. Yeah, so, so true. And, and it reminds me of that saying, you know, whilst you can't control the actions uh, and behaviour of other people, what you can control is how it let, you know, you let that situation affect you. And that's very much yes. around, you know, kind of that trauma too. And we've already hinted, we've already sp- spoken about kind of the reframing, the refocusing, the redirecting consciously can create change in those areas that you desire. And, and one of the things that I have, have learned over the years is that if there is something that, you know, you've had to work through, you've had to d- deal through, as you continue to move on in life, every now and again, you kind of walk past a situation or something happens that you think, ooh, you know, 
but you've got the tools to be able to do that and the strength to be able to go you know what no and then and and so you know that whole of that coaching and and reframing and refocusing and redirecting it's something that we do continuously isn't it? it's not like a fit set and forget I've dealt with that and no longer going to impact me does that make sense we're continuously evolving and growing and learning and relearning absolutely I think it's that continual expansion of awareness and that doesn't ever stop in that you know there's a whole lot of different tools that we use in fact actually we've just introduced a new tool around emotional intelligence which I'm finding incredibly powerful for people and it's there's 10 emotional competencies and it allows it measures firstly people's self-knowing and and their self-reliance their self-confidence but it also measures their optimism their empathy their relationship skills their straightforwardness and there's like so there's there's a whole lot of things that allows people to look at and determine you know well I've got a strength in this area but I've still got a big gap in terms of my perhaps my adaptability or um, you know it's it's been incredibly useful when I'm working with people for them to see okay we well, you know I've got strengths in these areas and actually even you know I was coaching someone this morning around a, a personality profiling tool and just looking at, and, and this is an incredibly successful person, yeah. but looking at the, um, you know, the, the feedback from her profile allowed her to step back and think, you know, there's there's a whole lot of other areas that I can expand my awareness of so that I notice my triggers in a meeting. If someone, you know, because we, we were talking about, um, you know, the impact for many of us, if someone criticises us, how that can kind of send us into a bit of a, a funky place. Whereas if if you are able to notice, oh, I've got a bit of a trigger there, I need to get curious and ask some questions. And rather than be paying attention inwardly to what's going on for you, to be able to have enough um, awareness and capacity to look at what's going on for the other person and flip it so that when you take that attention away from yourself, um, you're constantly learning more because you're not just so um, limited by that perspective of self that you can start to get the perspective of other and the perspective of we. You know, the perspective of we is an incredible one um, when you look at when, you know, if you think how how a group is feeling and, and acting, um, I think the whole... The whole story around Billa Wheeler um, and, and the embracing the family that have just come back there this week, um, and I'll, I'll say their surname wrong so I won't even try and say it, um, but but I, I love the fact that when it was met, when I was watching it on um, the news the other night, I've been waiting for that family to be reunited with Billa Wheeler for four years, like everybody has, but the, you could feel the, the perspective of we the, that whole community coming together as a we. And I think when we can get the we, that actually helps people to get beyond their fear that they're not good enough, et cetera. Like if, when you get a cause like that where people are so united in terms of making a difference that's positive for not just me but for the we, I think there's an incredible power and I think there's a – it concerns me that, um, you know, that – and I'm not I'm not making a judgment on it, but I think hybrid workplaces. There's a lot of people who need 
that, you know, a workplace is not just what the environment that you work in. There's all of those other social constructs that are building social capital that are yes. important in us being not just me but part of the we. Yeah, it's so true. And some people need the we, don't they? They need oh, the we to. Absolutely. Uh, all the introverts when we went in lockdown and I'm one of them went, yes. <laughs> I have to admit, I have to admit. Yeah, um, yeah. And all of the extrovert goes, what are we going to do now? No people. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But you have yeah, to be aware yeah. of that, isn't it, I think. And, and you know, as as um, you're talking about e EQ, it is about knowing self, isn't it, having the self-awareness yeah. and having yeah. awareness of others and then being able to adapt when we need to so that we can bring the best out of everybody, isn't it, or create an environment in which people can feel safe and um and validated and when we go through when we go and even then we address something from that curious mindset I want you to talk a little bit more about that because what I find that it does is when we're curious and go hmm and we don't bring any judgment there are so many different lessons that we can learn from that isn't it that curious oh place. it's absolutely and and when we talk about a coaching mindset it's about embodying possibility and and when you're if you're in your own head and judging the content of what someone's saying you don't have we we don't have enough headspace to be busy judging and to hold the space of curiosity you actually have to work out your own stuff so that you can sit there clearly with someone and be fully present with them and allow them the space to explore whatever whatever it is and and simple questions like the, the curious questions that you ask can help people to get that perspective that um, perhaps they would never have been able to get if they're trying to work it out in their own mind. So as a coach, by, 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 able to, yeah, by being able to hold that clear space for someone and have a curious mindset but not a cluttered mindset, a curious mind is really being 100% present. So I'm listening for you and for how your experience is. I'm not making a judgment. I'm not preempting what that means for you. I'm, I'm just holding the space in order to ask a question that can potentially deepen and broaden your awareness. So, you know, I'm, I'm opening up and expanding that space so that you can get a broader perspective as well. Um, from that conversation and and I know from both the conversations I had this morning that they were just like wow this is only four sessions I can't believe you know what an insight I've got into how I can do things differently yeah and and that's what holding a space in a curious mindset does for others yeah, what I love about what you're just saying and, you know, we're talking about the reframing, refocusing and redirecting consciously, which can create change in the areas that we desire, even leaders, I think. And and I know the coaching um, industry, many of you are coaches that work with executives and, and leaders, really encourage those leaders to become aware of certain coaching techniques, isn't it, to be able to really support their team. And now with everything that every individual around the world has experienced over the last two years there are so much that um you know we can't just go back to the workplace and go well you know onwards and upwards kind of thing there's going yes to be exactly 
addressed. And I think as leaders, that's one of the things that I'm hearing through some of my colleagues who are connected to the leadership space, that a lot of leaders say, we're not equipped to be able to, to, to support and create an environment. What can we do? And I know, Kathy, and I would like you to, I mean, answer that question, but I would also like to give you some time to share a little bit because I know that with Fire Up Coaching, you've actually partnered with Business Women Australia and there's a sort of a coaching certification that, um, you know, in the collaboration you're offering that may just be something that some of these leaders may can consider as being so how important is for leaders to have kind of not just a leadership style but having coaching as part of that to be able to support their team oh it's it's invaluable and it's interesting Anne-Marie we've seen a huge shift um and actually we've got a couple of people on the course at the moment who came to us through BWA because they were curious about how they as leaders could ask better questions and ask powerful questions but actually understand you know, have, understand the underpinning philosophy behind why some questions work better than others. And, you know, even that, why, why a why question, you need to be careful when you use a why question because that's about delving into values. And our Diploma of Leadership Coaching and Mentoring gives people that really clear distinction between mentoring and how you, you know, how you use language as a mentor versus as a coach how you're, asking questions for which you don't know the answers and that's around transformative conversations where you don't go in with a set mindset or you don't go in with an intention of leading the person to wherever you want them to go. It's really about authentically being able to, and there's a model called the meta model, which is around, you know, noticing the process of the person that you're and as a leader, the coaching conversations are not necessarily like, you know, like I do where I sit down for yes. an hour and coach someone. It's giving people those leadership um, opportunities, recognising the mo the coaching moments. And that's what, you know, in, in the coaching skills courses, you know, when we, when we run coaching skills for leaders in organisations and the, the course that we um, collaborate with BWA, it's about teaching leaders to capitalize on those coaching moments and ask that powerful question and the beauty is that they get a qualification at the end of it which is now highly recognized and whereas five or six years ago you you know if you had a coaching qualification it was nice to have whereas you you see now on LinkedIn the importance of having a qualification in the area if you're going to go for a senior leadership position they want to know that you don't just kind of have a have a sort of quasi idea of what coaching might be, but you actually have, you've done coach specific training. And that's what's been really exciting working with BWA is allowing business women to have the opportunity to do a, a course that is an Australian qualification as well as an International Coaching Federation accreditation. Yeah. What I love about that too is that you can use that to enrich your relationships in the workplace, but you can also enrich relationships with uh -huh. your family, with yourself. If you're dealing and interacting with other human beings, and I'm sure Absolutely. you know, that on a daily yeah. basis. And, yeah. and you know, even when you're speaking, the way you hold your face, because you might be saying something, but if your face is doing something, yes. not integrated, all those nuances can really yes. continue to build 
uh, and help someone, you know, sort of through that and have an aha moment, you know, and uh, I think that's wonderful. So, Kathy, I know we have just scratched the surface today. I mean, we could talk for an entire day and, and still, we could. you know, <laughs> we are completely <laughs> But share for people who have listened to what you've said today and said, yeah, this is an area that I would love to expand my awareness, understanding and uh, skill set in. How do they reach out to you? What's the best way? And maybe too, we've already hinted to the wonderful collaboration that you have done with BWA. How can they find out a little bit more about that? Well, they can actually go through the BWA website, which links to us, or they can go to fireupcoaching.com.au, which is just F-I-R-E, up, U-P, and then coaching, fireupcoaching.com.au. And our phone number is pretty easy to remember. It's 1300-FIRE-UP. So that's 1300-347-387. And I'm certainly available on info at fireup.com.au. And we'd love to support anyone who wants to you know, embark on a embark on a coaching career, or be more effective as a leader, and or it's it's a constant theme of people who have teenagers going, "Oh my God, this has just been a godsend." <laughs> Such- I know it's like I tried to have a conversation and it kind of just triggered <laughs> and just went down in a way, and it's yeah, sometimes exactly. it's just holding that space, isn't it? Asking hmm, the Correct. look, whatever it may be, Correct. that yeah, can open yeah, absolutely. up such great absolutely so thank you once again for coming on the show it's always a delight to be able to to speak with you and and i mean being i know fire up coaching is one it is the leading um service provider in the area of coaching coaches isn't it and the certifications that you deliver which means that you're getting um icf we mentioned international coaching federation recognition that's the kind of um, content that you share in these certification courses so that you know you're really at the front, um, forefront uh, in the learnings because that's what you offer. And let's face it, there's always new things that are being found out and the studies that are done. And when we oh, can be exciting. Yeah. You know, that at the forefront, it is very exciting. So thanks once again. This podcast is brought to you by TheInfluenceAlliance.com. Want to influence real change with your message by becoming known as a trusted authority in your industry while building a sustainable and scalable business you love? Find out how by accessing our free podcast series at www.theinfluencealliance.com slash podcast series. That's theinfluencealliance.com slash podcast series. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.